What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 73 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Very glad to have you here today. Got an awesome guest with me today, uh, an ally in my cause of setting down the foundation of changing the culture and mainstreaming the narrative around health and wellness in the industry. He is the CEO and founder of the business supply chain fitness. And with no further delay, I am very happy to have him on the show today. Mr. Dr. Mark Manera. Thanks for being here, sir. Yeah, Michael, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for the conversation. And like I said earlier, like I always love talking, getting to know better anyone who is in the trucking supply chain logistics world who sees the big problem of driver's health and and just honestly health within the whole supply chain. And um, I'm excited for the conversation and I'm sure we'll get uh, super deep into the weeds of it. Yeah, absolutely. I was on the last episode we touched, uh, you know, with my guest, Mr. Daniel Kors. He's a fellow driver. We harked on, you know, mental health being the very unspoken, like dark kept secret in the for over the road truck drivers. And when it comes to mental health and physical health, they kind of actually run parallel. And when you do help solve the problem of people's physical ailments, it trickles down into their mental health. So I'm glad to have you on as just an immediate follow up to this. So, I mean, let's get right into it, man. What's, what's your story? Where are you from? You know, how, how'd we get here? Yeah, man. So, uh, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I, I guess technically I was, I was born and raised right, uh, on the other side of the Mississippi and in Illinois, but it was a 15 minute drive to St. Louis. So I consider myself a St. Louis and, and, uh, went to school, uh, for physical therapy, uh, in a small town or a small private school in, in St. Louis. And, uh, kind of through that program, I've been f- into fitness my entire life and just uh, loved working out, loved, uh, I, I grew up playing baseball and uh, halfway through high school realized that I like the gym aspect of baseball training more than the on-field training. And so I decided to stop playing baseball and just kind of getting full into working out. And that fell, got me deep into the weeds of, and I was a uh, competitive CrossFit, uh, in the competitive CrossFit world, doing competitions and, uh, thinking I was going to be a professional CrossFit athlete, then, uh, kind of got into school and realized that, uh, going through a doctorate degree, uh, and being a professional CrossFit athlete, I kind of had to pick one or the other. And I decided to go with physical therapy and I kind of got into physical therapy because I grew up both my parents are optometrists, the eye doctors, and I, I had some other people in my family in the healthcare world and kind of wanted to go into healthcare and in the medical field, but I didn't want to just stare at eyes all day uh, like my parents did. So I, I <laughs> kind of meshed the love of fitness and healthcare and fell into uh, the physical therapy world. And uh I was going through school. Maryville University is where I went to school. And it's actually a really interesting program because it's direct out of high school, uh, six and a half years, where a lot of physical therapy programs are. You go to undergrad, then you have to apply and get into uh, grad school for physical therapy. And so I got in, went through all six and a half years. And about uh, five and a half years into it, I was on a clinical rotation in this small town south of St. Louis. It's called Bonterre, Missouri. And a bunch of truck drivers walked in the door. And that was uh, 
uh, my first experience firsthand, uh, you know, working with drivers, getting to know them on a personal level. I didn't have anyone in the trucking industry in my family or as family friends. And so I always say, you know, three and a half years ago, three years ago, I didn't know anyone in the trucking industry until uh, those drivers walked into the clinic and I rehabbed them and really got to know them on a personal level. And that was honestly one of the first uh, the first uh, time uh, I saw you know, firsthand what 20, 30 years behind the wheel can do to someone's health if it's not made a priority. And that threw me down this, you know, huge rabbit hole of the trucking industry. And, you know, Michael, what I, what I saw and what I found out going through that rabbit hole completely changed, you know, the course of my whole career. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it, but people listening, I mean, some of the stats and, and just the, the average health of the trucking industry was just so shocking for me not being in the industry. And I just seeing, you know, the truck drivers having an average life expectancy, 16 years less than the average population. I mean, 16 years, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, having 16 years cut off of my life just because of my career choice. And when I saw that, you know, as a healthcare provider in the physical therapy world and just being really passionate about fitness, I just don't think anyone's career should define their health. But as I looked deeper into trucking, that's exactly what was happening. And you're seeing stats, you know, the highest rates of diabetes among any other uh, occupation, the highest rates of uh, obesity among any other occupation in the United States, the two times higher rates of depression and high blood pressure compared to the average U.S. worker. And it's just like, they just kept going on and on and on. And the more I read, when I was initially when I was in that, you know, clinical rotation, uh, experiencing all of that and going down the rabbit hole, just the more and more I got pissed off and honestly still am pissed off about the fact that these stats exist and kind of told myself like, how can we just ignore this? And I decided I couldn't. And I, uh, actually started a company uh, called Supply Chain Fitness that was initially called the Trucking Fitness Company, but we've rebranded to Supply Chain Fitness and kind of with a whole goal of combating those stats and really meeting drivers where they're at and helping them find a way to live a healthier, happier life out on the road. Dude, this is a fantastic story. There's a lot I want to Pull, pull apart from this. Number one, I'm a big time St. Louis respecter. Uh, love that town. Been to a, love the St. Louis Blues. I've been to a Blues game. All right. I've I've spent a few resets there. Um, you know, I work. I'm not sure if you're familiar with First Form. They're they're kind of oh, yeah. they're headquartered up there. That's that's the uh, I work on that app to like help drivers track their macros and like oh, you know stay fit. That's what I'm using to like help break into like the fitness career because I'm studying to become a personal trainer so I can you know you know, be a little bit more, you know, qualified and, uh, and have some credentials. So like maybe some rights and plans for drivers. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying to actually follow a similar path than you. I'll be perfectly honest. I want to, yeah. that, you know, I really want to help drivers so much. So I'm going to do everything I can to make myself better to help people. But yeah, I, I love, I love St. Louis. Like, so yeah, I always say it all the time. God bless the Midwest. Great people from there. Um, but man, did you, did you sum it up well? And that's, I said it, you know, at the, at the top of the show, I'm trying to mainstream this conversation because look, what's crazy is whenever you talk to drivers and all the drivers that I've had on the show, trucking always found them by accident. And, but the same thing just happened to you. Trucking yeah. found you by accident and that's what it does. And when trucking finds you and when it kind of ropes you in, 
you know, it's hard to just like quit it completely. Like even if you, there's drivers who went, if they get out of the driver's seat, they go work for a company they, they do whatever. And that's, a, and he's, here's the thing, the stat, the trucking industry walked into your, it walked into your front door. You saw the, the issues that were going on. And then you decided to dive in a little bit deeper and you saw these daunting numbers. And this is the message that I've been trying to push, not only to drivers about the reality of, hey, you, you are taking years off your life, but this is also an issue that the American people need to know about. Like this is what like your country is run off the backs of people who are sacrificing their mind and body, you know, so you can get your goods and service. And overall, they deserve better. And yeah. man, just the just the fact that you and this is probably the Midwest blood that runs through you. You saw this problem and now you want to go ahead and fix it. You're not running away from it. You're not like, oh, my God, this is so big and so daunting. So, man, you're I just want to say you're you're for what you're doing. I, I'm, I look up to you greatly. You're a hero well, in this that. because, you know, other, because let me tell you something. I, I don't know what the money looks like for you, but for a physical therapist, you could be working on branding yourself and you can go work for the NFL. You can go work for the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, you can go work for the blues, like in physical therapy, if you really wanted to, to chase that down and do what's best for you, but you're actually taking a step back. You're almost like being, you're almost like an attorney who, instead of going to, start his own practice or go work for a big law firm, you chose to get into public defense or something. You know, yeah. you took this, you took the lowest paying job just to defend people who don't have, like these people who use public attorneys, they don't, they can't afford their own attorneys. So they're the ones who are assigned to them. You're almost, you've almost put yourself in that same playing field. These, these truckers, these drivers, they don't have the meat. Their companies aren't offering them, you know, um, these solutions, the environment doesn't offer them the solutions, like the entire workplace environment, truckers, operating, it doesn't operate in them. They don't have that. So you've come in and now you you want to fill that role and you want to yeah. change these people's lives and you want to turn around their health. And I just get to give my hat off to you for even making that your career path, because I don't know well, if you could back out now. Well, I appreciate that. No. And, and, you know, I think first off, I, I, I think one, of, I don't know if it's the Midwest or probably more so just the entrepreneurial blood in me. Uh, both my parents uh, also owned an optometry business. So I grew up with, uh, I, I, Hey, I wanted to own my own business, start my own business. And that's kind of what was in just like the culture of, of uh, my family and kind of what I uh, just thought I was going to do growing up. And, you know, you kind of mentioned like the, the different paths for physical therapy that, the, the truth is that um, every single physical therapist gets into physical therapy because they want to be the St. Louis Cardinals or the NFL's physical therapy, their physical therapist, or they want to work with professional athletes or whatever it is, or at the Olympics. And um, what I saw, you know, as I dove deeper and from the entrepreneurial side of things is I looked at this opportunity of building in the trucking industry and the supply chain as like this blue ocean of opportunity that I can come in and, and really build something that, you know, uh, it is not out there today. And there's such an opportunity and there's a huge need. And, you know, you mentioned that the companies aren't offering that. Well, we're going to change that. And I think that there's there's a path to changing that. And I also think there's a path to getting in even at the insurance level so that now we're multiple layers in and in the impact. But I, I completely agree with you on the fact of that 
was kind of the the spark and I, I'll go a little bit deeper into one of the drivers that I was rehabbing initially and he was 37 years out on the road as an over the road driver and he had just had a total knee replacement so he he was like hobbling into the clinic still a little bit loopy on pain medicine because uh, it was literally day one after his surgery and so I was paying I was like with him through for months uh, throughout his whole rehab process. And, um, you know, during that time, there's a lot of stretching and it's it's painful stretching because uh, that knee does not want to move a lot after a surgery like that, but you need to do it or it's never going to get back that range of motion. And so, you know, you just start talking, small talk and hearing about their stories. And that's kind of what sparked it all. And I'm just like sitting here hearing these stories about, you know, his love for trucking, but also his love for his family. He had five kids. He had been married for 40 something years. And just hearing about the sacrifices he was making as an over the road driver to put food on his kids, you know, plates and, and a roof over his family's house and how much he was sacrificing day to day throughout his career. And I always think back to, to that guy because he really is what sparked me to go deeper into that rabbit hole. And then I'm thinking like, I see the stat of 16 years uh, off of your life expectancies, you know, their life expectancy, 16 years less than the average population. It's like, so you've got this driver or you've got the trucking industry who, like you said, runs our whole economy. I think, what is it? 72 to 73% of all goods in America touch a truck at some point, right? And these people are bringing my coffee cup, my water cup, what all these things that I use every single day. But they're making so much sacrifices from their family, from their quality of life, from a lot of different things to driving a truck. There's a lot of sacrifice that come with a lot of good that comes with it, too. But there's a push and pull in that lifestyle for a lot of people. And that's 30 to 40 years. Then they retire. And like we said, within the trucking industry, there's all of these huge rates and high rates of chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, obesity, all these other things. They potentially get one or two of those while they're in their career. They retire. Those things don't just stay in trucking with them. So they go with the rest of their life and then they retire, enjoy the fruits of their labor, and then they get 16 years cut off the back end. And it's like you start adding all these things up and it's like, man, no wonder we're having trouble bringing the next generation into the trucking industry. Because if you start looking at that, I'm not sure. I think it would be hard for, for some people who maybe aren't in trucking or don't have a strong uh, you know, diesel in their blood and family grew up in trucking to just jump in and be a driver and be like, hey, I want to do this. And so I think that's another motivation for me of like, let's change this quality of life and change the image of who a professional driver is to really help, you know, from a cultural standpoint, people look at trucking as a, you know, a potential first career option. Yeah, no, that's, I really glad you word it that way, because that's what it's all about is, is making it a career for the next generation. Cause these are the issues we're running into are massive turnover issues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I talk about this frequently in like a lot of my TikTok and Instagram videos, I bring up this idea of how the odds aren't in your favor that a lot of these drivers aren't even going to make it to retirement. Like, that's the thing. I think most people in America retire at 64 and then the average life expectancy of drivers is 61, something along those means. Yeah. And yeah. or, you know, as you said, yeah, they're losing 16 years of their life. So if they make it, 
they sacrifice so much and then they don't even get to enjoy it and they're in all of this pain. So that's the thing. And what's crazy is a lot in a lot of this, drivers are their own worst enemy. Some of them have been so it's almost it, and I, I know this is not the most politically correct term, but they almost have this battered woman syndrome effect to where, oh, well, like I, this is what I'm going to have to do. I need to make money. I need to run. I need like if I'm not driving, like if those wheels ain't turning, and I'm not earning. They've been so yeah. stuck in this, in this mindset. And I'll actually get into that in a second because trucking used to not be that way. But they're just like, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. Well, it's just like, look. Your, your family appreciates how much the, you know money you get them. But at the end of the day, your family doesn't give a flying fuck about how much money you bring home. They actually want to be with you, yep. too. And I think that that's the hard message for drivers here. They're like, well, I'm doing it because I love them. Well, guess what? You're not. Guess, guess what else you need to do because you love them? You need to get outside and go for a 45 minute intentional walk every day. You need to eat less. You need to drink a gallon of water. You just need to do those things. And they're like, well, I need to do 800 miles and I need to do this X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, do you, do you need to? Because some drivers, I just had the guy on my last episode. He talks about how addicting it is to be out here on the road and what it, mm -hmm. what it does to what it does. Cause I'm not going to lie. Trucking is very addicting. There's a reason why guys love to drive. There's a book written. I forget the philosopher's name, uh, my friend Gord talks about this book all the time. It's called Why We Drive. There is this, there is this, uh, you know, crazy, you know, runner's high type thing that that truckers get on staying on the, uh, or of being on the road and driving that long and like the passion that they have for this and how much they they look forward to that. But in the but in this process, what they're doing is they're sacrificing mind and body that you know their families don't necessarily want them to do. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really interesting. And it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of also one of those things that I, I also think, you know, some of the conversation I have with drivers is also thinking about the, the long game versus the short game and like 800 miles today, or, you know, 800 miles or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, right. Uh, uh, getting more miles today doesn't always add up to more miles in your whole career, which equals more money that you can make if you cannot, you know, physically or mentally sustain trucking because you've just let your health go or you've just let yourself go and you're forced to retire. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another aspect that doesn't get talked about a lot either of like, man, this is a long game. You know, yes, there's some long weeks. Yes, there are some long days. But the winners are the ones who can figure out the balance of, um, you know, life and work. And I, I kind of hate that because I, I think everyone's work-life balance is different and you got to find that balance for you. And that might mean driving for 10, 11 hours a day and that works great for you or, you know, being home only twice a month like that. That's fine. You got to find that balance for you. But you also have to think about, you know, the longevity of like, can you see yourself doing this for 30, 40 years of your career? And like, is that going to, you know, are you, you know, are you tapping in or, or impacting all of these different areas of your life? Or are you just focusing on the financial aspect? Right. And I think that's something you, you know, brought up earlier too. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's crazy. I, I, I'm losing my head. Sorry, I'm getting uh, I'm getting chopped up because this is everything you're saying is just falls right in line with everything I'm talking about. Their goals are short-sighted. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. You're right. They're always looking. It's always about just what the next load is or what's right in front of them, as opposed to yeah, the the sustainability aspect of it. Okay, wow, you did four thousand miles this week. Eventually, on a long enough timeline, when you add up how much you pushed, you pay for it one day. You're gonna have to yeah. pay for it because you're gonna have to go to physical therapy appointments. You're going to have to go see 
chiropractors, whatever. You might have to get surgery. You might have to get these knee replacements. It's funny you talk about knee replacements. I'm in a couple of Facebook groups and, you know, a lot of drivers have these gripes about automatic transmissions. Now, I believe personally, I don't think that the um, I don't think that uh, CDLs with automatic restrictions should be given out. And this is from a training perspective, because I think knowing how to drive a 10 speed manual actually uh, teaches you better how to drive the actual truck, especially when it's loaded, when you know, because it, 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 it um, that's how you uh, determine following distance. This is just a, a safety factor. Do I think you should just outlaw automatic trucks? No. And there are a lot of old school guys who, you know, they swallow that, they, sw they take that deep, deep swallow <laughs> and they, they admit it. They're like, I'll tell you, I drove a stick for 15, 20 years and this automatic transmission and traffic has fucking saved my knees. So it's just like, so from that aspect, so it's just like the more you run, on the back end, almost like how you're losing 16 years of your life on a, on a, for your trucking career, you're going to end up losing days you can drive and you're going to lose days or weeks or however that you could have gotten certain freight because your medical ailments eventually catch up with you during the career. Because that's the thing. They have diabetes during the career. So whether it be getting whatever insulin or whatever diabetic treatments they get and anything, eventually the, what the ailments you put on yourself trucking will catch up. When you're in your 50s, when you still want to put, because when you're in your 50s, you could ha still have 15, 20 years left of trucking yeah. in you. Are they 15, 20 good years left, you have to, left of trucking? Or are they going to be a struggle where you're now in your 50s and you're at this paycheck to paycheck point? And I think that's the, another crucial aspect. So it's not just about making it to retirement and being able to enjoy it. It's also about being able to finish your career, make, make, is, is being able to sprint to the end of the finish line and break the ribbon. Not You don't want to get make it to the finish line with your you know, knuckles dragging and you're completely gassed because at that point you've, you've then at, at that point, especially if you're an owner operator or a business owner, you're then using all these different resources to kind of just get by because all these ailments have caught up with you throughout your career. So it's kind of yeah. a scary aspect. So let's uh, actually, let's go into what your business does, you know? So what do you, what yeah. do you like? So what's, you know, what do, what do you guys do? How do you sell it? What are you offering to people? You know, what's your marketing look like? Yeah, man. So, so I always think about uh, supply chain fitness. You can kind of think about it as a trucking or supply chain specific niche down corporate health or corporate wellness program. Um, and so what we do is we partner with trucking companies and some insurance companies within the trucking industry. And we provide um, personalized exercise, nutrition and accountability coaching to the drivers or employees under that company or, or under the policy of that insurance company. And so we have an app based platform that through the app, we personalize an exercise program, um, nutrition, and, and like I said, the coaching relationship with the accountability. And so from an exercise standpoint, we kind of break it down in multiple areas, but really the, the focus is kind of first off on location, right? Because with it being trucking specific, we, we've got different options that they can do inside the back of their truck, outside of their truck, or at home, depending on um, you know, how often they're home or, or uh, what they do at the company, because a lot of the people who work in the office or, or in the shop um, or in the warehouse uh, do everything at home, right? Uh, also, time is a big variable, right? I know you mentioned something about a 45-minute walk every single day. You know, that's awesome. And if we can get in a habit of that, that's great. But a lot of times that's not the best starting point. 
right? We got to build it up. And, you know, there's been some amazing research over the past couple of years of, you know, as small as five minutes of activity at a certain time can make health benefits. Mm -hmm. And so we've got tons of uh, different variables of, you know, five minutes, uh, five minute exercise routines. We've got like eight to 12 minute stretching routines. We've got some circuit based exercises that they can do in 20 minutes. We found that 20 minute time slot to be a really, uh, really good sweet spot for drivers because some can fit it into their break. Some can uh, do it, you know, right in the morning and they kind of get some blood flowing and wake up before they start driving. And some like to do it right after they put the truck in park at the end of the day. And then um, we give them all the equipment they need. They all get a resistance band and they start the app up. They get a different workout every single day. They click start. They put the app, uh, phone down and they just follow along because there's video and written instructions on exactly what to do how long to do it for. They show you how the form and everything. And so there's, there's no mind work. You just follow along and do it. And um, obviously there's also uh, variables on the, the difficulty level, right? And we have stuff that's scaled down and, and scaled very up because there's a wide spectrum of starting points fitness wise for drivers. And I think it's really important to find that sweet spot and that right starting point for each person and then slowly progress over time. And then on the nutrition side of things, you know, I think this is, in my opinion, our culture as a whole. Uh, I don't think this is trucking in general, but I think adding trucking to the equation makes it even more difficult is I think a lot of people, when they start making changes to their diet, they do these crazy 180 flips of their whole lifestyle and try to change everything at once. And you end up holding on for dear life and then falling back to square one about a week later. And for a lot of people, every time they fall back to square one, it, it, it mentally feels like a failure. And there's so many people out there that have 10, 20 years of these failed diets that are added up. And it's these fad diets of these crazy things that, you know, um, can work for some people, but are really set up to be unsustainable and, and not realistic. And so what we do is we take a habit-based approach and we focus on building lifelong sustainable habits that they can do anywhere at any time and build the foundation of a healthy diet and a healthy routine in general. And the goal is that we start with one habit that's, you know, focused on, hey, from the starting point, you know, what's some low hanging fruit or what are what are you most motivated to change about your diet? Starting there and as these diet uh, as these habits become more part of their day-to-day -day routine, then we start stacking other habits on top of it. And, you know, something I always talk to drivers about is like, okay, when we are starting this, can you realistically see yourself can, uh, doing this three years from today? And if the answer is no, then maybe we need to start a little bit smaller because the game of health is not about where you're at 60 days from now, 90 days from now. It's about how can you live a sustainable, healthy life for the rest of your life, right? And so that's really what we're trying to help people establish. And we take a habit-based approach. And then we also have restaurant guides, truck stop guides. We've got, you know, a bunch of healthy snacks that, hey, if you're at the truck stop, here's here's the healthier option versus the uh, Skittles and uh, Snickers bar. And, uh, you know, just trying to make some of these smaller decisions because fundamentally, I personally believe that even if a driver eats at the truck stops and at the fast food restaurants every single day for every single meal out on the road, any place they go, there is the healthier option. It might not be the healthiest option, 
But if a driver throughout their 20, 30 year career picks the healthiest option, wherever they go, you're going to see two different people at the end of that career, because there's a huge impact that can be made from just these small changes done consistently. And then 100%, yeah. man. Yeah. From, from yeah. that nutrition, just the healthier option. That's well said. Go on. Sorry. No, you're good. And then on the nutrition or on the accountability side of things is I just think most drivers out there don't have someone in their life who's holding them accountable and that they can talk to and trust to talk to and not, you know, judge them or not come at them or, or make them feel bad about certain health, you know, eating a Big Mac or, you know, whatever that, whatever that thing, because there's a lot of people in trucking that don't have someone in their life who fully understands or takes the time to understand their lifestyle as a truck driver. And so that having that coaching relationship, having someone who uh, we, we do a one-on-one onboarding call to get everyone started in the program, just to get them comfortable, start building that relationship and make sure that they're set up in the best program and in the app and they make, they understand what all is going on. And then we also do a, a weekly check-in text message that's based off of their utilization in the program. And so checking in and say, Hey, Michael, man, I, I see you haven't signed in or you haven't done that workout this week. You know, Hey, what's up? Or, or what do we need to change to make it, you know, better for you? And that goes a long way because a lot of people, they download this app, they can tell there's not an actual human behind the, behind the screen and no one's there holding them accountable and no one's there kind of maybe early on holding their hand through the journey, but also pushing them to, to, to keep going and, and to fight for, you know, Hey, you want to be there for your grandkids or you want to do this because you're scared about your DOT physical coming up in six months or whatever that motivating factor is for them. And that coaching relationship goes a long way. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. That's, and that's where I try to connect with guys is letting them know, especially drivers, letting them know, Hey, I've been there. I was 275 pounds. And then I got engaged and realized that I need to, I need to make myself the best possible version of myself so I can take care of this family I'm, I'm starting to build. And so I, I definitely, I love that, that coaching aspect. And man, I, I want to hop on this app and try out some of your workouts and make some, make some TikTok videos for them. But what I, I, you must be friends with, are you friends with Hope Zavara? Um, I don't, I I've, I've talked to her maybe once or twice. I don't, I don't know. I don't know her crazy amount. Cause it's uh it's funny. Exactly. So I saw her at the, I saw and met her at the mid America trucking show trying to get her on here soon. She's very busy herself. She owns a, a, a mother, you know, it's called mother truck and yoga. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, but as actually, you know, I saw her speak because she gave a whole, um, her talk, like kind of like her pitch about what they do. And she actually used the exact same rhetoric you did on the time intervals. So yes, I say, I say implement a 45 minute walk. And the only reason I say that this possible is because you can do it on a 10 hour break. Um, we sit at shippers and receivers for hours. So I use, uh, you know, I'm using it for truckers time, but you are too, because hope said the same thing. Like there are days you got to drive. There's days you got to run, but Hey, you have five minutes here to do this. You have five minutes here. And she gives like stretching that you can do like with your seatbelt, like all these different like twists yeah. and turns. So I love that. That's another thing that drivers don't forget about. It's like, okay, yes, I say 45 minute walk, but really it's wherever you can get it. And it's yeah. while you're doing what you're doing. So the, the intentional movement message that you guys have is, is really spot on. Like, Hey, you can do this just 10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes. You've, you've got it. You can schedule that day. Like you, we are all adults. You can, you can take ownership of 20 minutes and that just just doing that consistent 20 minutes every day can change your life. What, Dude, that, and and yeah. the other aspect, the other aspect, and like I will not even try to pretend 
that I understand what it's like being in a truck after a long 10 hour shift or whatever it is. And you just feeling like, uh, you know, you, you can see the outside, but you're not, you don't actually feel the fresh air. And uh, regardless, the, the mentally, a lot of people are mentally drained after a long day of driving. Oh, you and, just want to melt in that. I can tell you exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Like when you pull that brake, you just want to go like this and just be like, <laughs> uh, because yeah, you've just dealt with, you've dealt with a million assholes. You've, yeah. you've gone from yeah. Columbus to now you're on four, you know, through St. Louis and you're on 44 and I'm just describing like a day came out, you know, you come out of PA or whatever, and then you make it through St. Louis. So you go through all these cities or all these cities, it's mentally draining. Then finally you park on 44 and it's just, and then you pull the tab. Last thing I want to do is go for a six mile run. Yeah. You know, it's no, psychotic exactly. to think, you know, and that's, yeah. it, it is really hard like that. Getting through that mental block is tough, tougher than people think. But what I was going to say is me sitting uh, for a long day, you know, in, in this uh, in this side room of my house where I have the blinds closed and I, I don't see, you know, a ton of outside either. Um, when I am mentally stressed and I, I, I just go outside for five minutes and walk around, the mental health aspect of it is so impactful and it's so crazy, the impact of just getting outside breathing some fresh air, getting some blood flowing and just moving for a little bit, even if it's just a five minute walk, one lap around the truck stop or, or going, you know, walking around your truck or whatever it is, wherever you're at. I mean, the, the impact is, it, it's just huge. And, and I think if you can consistently get in that routine, five minutes, you know, once, you know, every day for a week turns into once uh, 10 minutes every single day for a week. And then you slowly build it up. And all of a sudden when you start trying to make the time you start realizing you have the time as well and so that's uh that's the other aspect yeah number and also i i just want to say thank you for bringing up this these these fad diets these 21 day challenges these um kind of th- yeah th- there are these they're un they're these unsustainable whether it be going keto or going vegan or xyz because like and look for anybody who's vegan whatever if that fits their their narrative i mean i i don't necessarily agree with it from the health standpoint and you know it, people have their arguments but for the most part being a vegan is quite unsustainable in a lot of areas or and then even doing keto or carnivores very it's very hard it's very it's, to cook every day to demand that much of yourself all the time it's just you're doing more damage to your brain sometimes it works for some people. I get it. I have a friend who's a carnivore trucker. He does awesome. He, you know, his name's Ben. Love, love the kid to death. Works for him. Okay, the best. But you said it best. And is the diet the best diet you can do is the one that you can follow. And that that's really all that all that matters. And it's about building. It's about building those habits because a lot of people think, oh my god, I'm, and I because I did these. I went. I did keto summer 2018. And you didn't want, you know, I lost 30 pounds. Guess what? Got it all right back. You know, like that, you know, I did these, I gave up meat once for like two months. I lost 15 pounds, gained it all right back. And I also felt like shit the entire time I I fucking gave up the meat because come to find out I wasn't getting leucine or something. These, these BCAAs that are found in, in food. So I, I did these and they don't work. They're not sustainable. And it's just, they think they need to make this like insane 180. It's like, no, all you need to do. And I tell some drivers this, and I'm sure you say that similar things. Like I just say, you want to make a change right now. That'll have direct results. Switch to diet soda and yeah, drink, oh drink more water. Switch to, Dude, switch, switch. I legitimately was about to say that we had a driver two 12 packs of Pepsi a day. I'm not even kidding you. He was drinking that much soda. And all we did is we changed slow and surely. We didn't even, it wasn't over one day. We changed over some diet soda. It was like, he was drinking like a, a couple diet sodas and the rest of his regular sodas. Then he, we slowly 
kind of shifted over and he was drinking more diet soda, zero calorie and water um, using some of those like water enhancer, flavor enhancers as well. And the dude was diabetic. Uh, can you imagine? Right. Um, and he lost like 20 pounds. His blood sugar was, uh, was, was way more consistent in a normal range from just the, the change in how much soda he was consuming. And uh, it, it's crazy, the impact there. And it's also crazy where, you know, you start eating uh, more fruits and vegetables, you start eating lean protein at every single meal, you start stop drinking your calories. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you don't focus on restricting yourself of other things, but it just kind of auto regulates in your diet because you're eating all these um better for you foods or, or, or better options, more less processed options that you can find out on the road or you can store in your fridge, uh, in your truck. Um, all of a sudden, you know, you're eating less Snickers, you're eating less, uh, less Doritos as well. Right. And so I, I always, I always like to tell drivers to, to focus on adding to your diet is taking away from your diet. And a lot of times when you add at the beginning, it's more of a positive psychology. It feels better. It doesn't feel like you're restricting yourself because whenever any, you know, um, uh, not every driver out there, but I've met a driver or two who, who have, uh, who have the, um, uh, oh man, now I'm, I'm bust. Well, regardless, uh, you know, it's like when you tell a little kid, that uh, they can't have something. And then all of a sudden their brain is just fixated on having that, right? Or you can't touch that. And you and and I think it goes the same way when you tell someone you can't eat this. And then all of a sudden yeah. all you're thinking about your your mouth's watering and you can't think of anything else other than uh, the the Wendy's Frosty or whatever, right? Uh, and so I always say, let's, let's just start adding healthier options. And let's also change the psychology or like the, the wording and the way that we talk about foods from, you know, bad foods and good foods to foods we should eat more of, foods we should eat sometimes and foods we should eat less of. I'm telling you, I don't want to, I don't want to live in a world that I can't eat uh, cookies and ice cream. That sucks. You don't have to hate your life to live a healthy one, but I, I don't eat ice cream at every single meal and, and that's not my life. Or I, I don't eat a whole Hagen or uh, Ben and Jerry's pint every time I have ice cream. There, there's principles of portion control and the frequency that But I think way too many people get caught up in this uh, all or nothing. And it's like, it's just not necessary either. Yeah, no, you, you you couldn't be more right on that. It's 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 a snowball effect. You can't do it overnight. And I mean, that's kind of how I learned over the road. I, I showed up and I knew once I started driving, I know that this job will could, could do harm to you. I know that there's good food out there. And I made a point to do exactly what you did. You know, in the first couple months over the road, I was just choosing the healthier options at truck stops. And then that turned into, oh, man, I have this fridge. Let me put food in it too. I need an air fryer. And then now down to like, now I have a food scale so I can weigh out. So I know how much protein I'm getting, but I mean, nice. and it, it turns into that, but, and now I'm at the point to where this is just like, I, I, it's so disciplined in me. Like I don't have a choice there, but guess what? I'm still going to go to Terry Black's and have a beef rib. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to eat when I, you know, I'm going back to Connecticut this weekend for a wedding. Guess what? I'm still getting fucking the best pizza in the world down in new Haven. Like I'm not going to like what? Yeah. To live in a world without it. It's just bad thinking. It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's negative. It does more damage to your mental health uh, than anything. Re really well, well said. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and and just for people listening to this, like you just said there of like you progress to a food scale, right? And that works awesome for some people. I found that food scales don't ever work for me. I, I do it for about a day and then I fall off and I don't do it. And I consider myself a pretty healthy guy. I'm pretty into fitness. And I just I, I just uh, use the plate method of I try to fill like half my plate up with fruits and vegetables, ha- a quarter of it up with, you know, like a whole grain carb in some uh, some sort or uh, a bean of some sort. And then uh, a fourth of it of, of protein. And I try to get a, a serving of lean protein at every single one or two servings at yeah, every good. single meal. And, Besides, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what you progress to, it, there's not like this gold standard you have to hit. But you just need to kind of start working towards it, right? Moving in the right direction. And uh, you'll find what works for you and what doesn't work. And what works for one person might not work for the next. And what works for that, you might not work for the other person. So you got to experiment a little bit and take these principles of that we all know of we should all probably eat more fruits and vegetables we all should get more protein in and if you are vegan there are still options to get protein in um that isn't you know a ribeye or 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 chicken right but i think you can take these principles and apply it to your lifestyle your preferences and and what's motivating to you yeah absolutely man and i know uh I, I, one last thing, so it's because we touched on it earlier, and we said we'd get to it because it has to do with the turnover and retention. From what it sounds like, so now this is what you have at Supply Chain Fitness seems to be open for any driver who finds you. Um, so, like the, the just the end of it, like so, say I work for you know um, the Jim's Transport or something. Yeah. And I'm just the driver. I'm scrolling Instagram, and I find you. I could just sign up for your program, but it sounds like you you're you're actually you're trying to market this towards the uh, towards larger towards these larger companies. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're trying to, cause like, that's the thing you can go driver to, you know, you can go house to house street to street or, you know, in other terms, you can go driver to driver and try to sell it to them, but you're trying to hit it's from what it sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're marketing you, what you want. You were trying to get supply chain fitness to partner with, as you mentioned, the insurance companies, but also with these large retail carriers out there. So that way it could trickle down onto their right. employees. So that way they're not quitting trucking because we need them. And then, you know, you mentioned before the call that, you know, you, you've been talking to these companies and apparently, you know, when it comes to, you, you know, these companies are aware of their turnover, but, uh, and you're trying to explain to them, Hey, I, I can solve it. And they're almost kind of, you know, you say they almost don't want to talk to you. you, you they're saying that you're fine with it. They're, they're fine with it. You kind of, I don't know to correct me if I'm wording it wrong, but you said you've been having a hard time getting in with these companies because, they've already fixed in their turnover on their P and L statements. So it's not so much we're hard getting in. Uh, we're moving, we're, we're into a bunch of companies and, and we're continuing to move fast and uh, we're, we're definitely getting in, but I think more so specifically on uh, the retention piece where what I've realized and we've got whatever, whatever I realized honestly is the companies that have the best retention are the most willing to, bring on a program like ours because they actually care about their employees and, and they want to. It's the companies that have a thousand drivers and 110% turnover rate year over year. And they, you know, uh, a direct quote from uh, an executive was, well, if I, if I pay for them to have this program, by the time they actually get healthier, I'm basically uh, paying for another company's uh, driver to get healthy. Cause they're going to be, they're going to leave our company. It's like, all right. Well, that tells me that uh, you have you you don't really care about changing that turnover rate or doing anything about that. And so, I just 
you know, there, there's good and bad in any industry. And I think that, uh, I'm trying to not let the 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 sour ones or the ones that just don't treat drivers right uh, ruin it for the rest of them because I, I know there are people out there who care and I know that um, honestly what I've been seeing is you know uh, I think there's and I think you can relate to this being in this millennial age group is I think there's a lot of trucking companies who are family companies that have been around for years and years and years. And um, the CEO or founder of it has that old school trucking mentality of pull your boots up by your bootstraps. And they're starting to retire and get out and the next generation is coming in and the next generation is way more health conscious and, and cares about people and, and wants to, um, shake it up a little bit because they can see because they've been frustrated that uh, maybe the company hasn't been working exactly how they would have ran it. And I think that's a huge opportunity to come in and, you know, start changing some of the culture within in the company from a health standpoint. Yeah, no, well, well put. I think, And I'm optimistic, too, for those same reasons. I feel as though, the, OK, the numbers are bad. Uh, the health isn't there. People are people are dying in their trucks every day. Um, there is a lot of bad going on. However, with the with older generations retiring and unfortunately they may be retiring uh under the under maybe they you know and some are retiring not by their own hand not by their own choice i've seen tiktok videos of guys who are like yep i i, I couldn't pass my dot physical uh i'm on oxygen now all these different stories but you're right i i'm optimistic in that i think this change is closer than we might think uh because of the new generation coming in because and I've said this on many shows, I believe that the turnover in this industry will become unsustainable. Uh, and this and this has to do with a lot beyond health. Well, it, it goes beyond health. It has this has to do with parking, pay, so many other issues I talk about. It's a show. full spectrum. Yeah, yeah full, full spectrum. spectrum. But I and, and this is where I preach from. I believe that if we could set the foundation where we change the culture around health and wellness, where people because as healthy when people become healthier, they are more likely to then advocate for themselves and advocate for those around them. And that's what's kind of that's what's given me the motivation to do it because when I was 275 pounds, I did I couldn't give a, I couldn't give a fuck less about myself, and I would never I never saw myself doing any of this any of this stuff because I just I couldn't even take care of myself. But that but now I truly believe I think if as people start to get, start to get healthier and as these businesses their old guard retires, I think I think we are on on the on the right path with doing that. And man, thank God. We have a guy like you who, who's in on this because I, I tell you, I, I really think if you can, that's the thing is you haven't given up. And if we can get in uh, to some of these, some of these companies and start breaking in, breaking into them. Uh, I really think that that's where the change is going to come from because what's crazy is pre 1980 pre deregulation when my family's company was in the golden era, there's this golden era of trucking that gets talked about a lot, which was pre deregulation when the unions basically ran the show. You know, the, the career and this over the road thing was only really done by the agricultural or cattle haulers. The, the agriculture industry was really the only over the road. Everything else was pretty much LTL style type yeah. home, home every night. And the salaries were better. These people lived healthier and better lives that changed. And deregulation has set up this system of now of this meat grinder. And it became this race to the bottom. And um, I, now I think with guys like you around and and, you know, me trying to do what I'm trying to do, I think we can help swing the pendulum back. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think just, again, I'm now speaking a little outside of my uh, expertise, but just being in the industry for the last couple of years, it does feel as though just in general, the, the industry is moving 
more towards kind of what it was before where people are wanting more of the LTL stuff and they're wanting to be home. They wanting more of a balanced life. And the, the OTR is, uh, you know, still there obviously, but I think as time goes on and, you know, uh, this is opening up a way can of worms that I don't know anything. I don't know a crazy amount about, but you know, just even bringing in more automation and technology where it's oh, starting to triggering. Starting, you're triggering. Yeah. Me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but starting to help the over the road uh, lifestyle um, and, and using that. And, and I think, uh, yeah, again, but, but regardless, no, yeah, I, don't, yeah, when, not, when not opening up that can. Yeah. I, I, I don't have time for that. I don't. We've been, yeah, that. we've been on the same side of the fence the whole episode, and now, <laughs> yeah, now you're looking to climb over. No, that that is a different. That's a different conversation, and I'm sure that's where automation companies are. They're going to try to use that selling point of we'll save lives because of the health and everything. Well, I think we can go about it a different way. I really think, and I know we're running on time, but one thing I think guys like me and you can do, and I said this on Blythe's show recently, which uh, I believe might be out here within the next week or so, is that. We need to get these mega carriers and these companies may need to change their scheduling, their routing. They're the carriers. They have the capacity. And I think it's on these companies to start making these changes because that's the thing. People always talk, oh, I want I only want to do business with people with integrity. I want to do business with people who treat their employees right. They have this moral compass when it comes to doing business. Well, hey, well, let me tell you about how these mega carriers and how the industry treats treats its drivers. Your freight is being hauled by people who are, you know, in this environment that doesn't take care of them themselves and so i think just really getting in at the ground floor at these companies being like hey like let's take a stand for the drivers that that will help us and man i i I couldn't be happier that you came on the show we're we're gonna have to do this again uh and and do some follow-up because i really want to get in the details of some of your your driver testimonials uh i would love for you to show you know what you guys you know what you guys are doing at supply chain fitness and go into some of that you know some of the personal aspects um really really you know like I said, I'm I'm so glad that uh, we crossed paths, and just to know, you know, to know that we got you in this fight is is awesome, man. But before we sign off, where can the uh, where can the people find you if a driver's yeah, looking to hop on? Yeah, where's your first off, Thank you so much for having me on. I agree. I I hope this kind of sparks a little bit of a friendship because I think we and keep pushing this forward uh, all, all together because it's a big mission. It's a, there's a lot of people that need the help. And uh, yeah, if supplychainfitness.com, if you want to check me out or supply chain fitness on every social media out there. And then also uh, uh, Dr. Mark Monero on uh, LinkedIn, I post a decent amount as well, but uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I will definitely be on if you, if you have me again. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. No, you're, you're an ally in the fight. It's hard to find somebody who's who's ready to jump in the trenches with you. And I, I, I kind of get that vibe from you. So you can, you're, you're actually stuck with me at this point <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but man, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, go find Dr. Mark Menara, a very motivating guy uh, to listen to, especially on LinkedIn and all social media platforms. He's with us trying to help change the narrative out there uh, with health and wellness with drivers. And with that guys, I will see you on the next one. Take care.